Dear Santa, I would like some Star Wars action figures for Christmas, but I don't know where to find them. <laughs> I know that laugh. <laughs> it's Santa the Hut. This episode is brought to you by Toy Hut, the ultimate Star Wars fan store. Toyhut.com. T-O-Y-H-U-T-T dot C-O-M. Created by collectors for collectors. They ship worldwide daily. Daily. Custom shipping boxes made just for action figures, so... uh, When your toy comes in a Jabba-shaped package, you know what it is. (laughs) Well, you hope you know. (laughs) (laughs) They know what the adult collector expects. What does the adult collector expect? Well-wrapped adults. Salicious crumbs in all the right places. I want to say hi to all the Toy Hut employees at the warehouse because they listen to us, and that's so awesome. And they like us, so you should like them. And they know fluent Hutties. Ookly Numa. ToyHut.com. Nijaba want action figure. Hey, boo-boo. What's going on in this podcast? I'm Joe Fulgham. Who's Canada's Iron Man? And what does he have to do with bears? I'm Kevin Leeson. Warning. This episode is more grisly than usual. I'm Torn Atkinson. It's Caustic Soda! Bam! Bears. Bears. The bears. Right, uh, right on this episode of Caustic Soda. Oh, okay. Whew. They're all around us. Oh, I'm surrounded by bears. We do live in the wilderness. It's like the force. <laughs> so the bears are around us. They bind, bind us. us together. <laughs> Bear comes from the pre-Germanic word baron, which means the brown one. And that the brown the one. The brown one. That's not necessarily a misnomer that you want to walk around with. <laughs> the brown one. Yeah. And that uh, the phobia of bears is Ursaphobia. Correct. Oh, that, one uh, that one's a dead giveaway. That one's easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ursa major. I. You know what? Ursa I minor. don't suffer from ursophobia. I do. Whenever I go camping and I have to go to the bathroom in the night, I'm just yelling, no bears, no bears, no bears. <laughs> really? I wouldn't want to go run face-to-face into a, a tarantula. I wouldn't want to wake up with a bird catcher spider in my sleeping bag. But a bear, or you just want to hug it. Or a scorpion in my boot or anything like that. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I don't fear bears. I don't go out of the woods and go, oh, I don't want to run into a bear today. Yeah, it's healthy respect, not a yeah. fear. What about the dreaded bear scorpion in your boot? <laughs> The bear scorpion. Now, those are worthy of fear. Yes. Because, you know, the front end's got the big, gnashy mouth, but then there's that stinger that you never see coming. It's more of the back. Uh, Let's talk about some of the bears. There's the Asiatic black bear, the North American black bear, the polar bear, the sloth bear found in Sri Lanka and India, the South American spectacled bear, known to be quite studious, (laughs) the sun bear, also known as the honey bear, the world's smallest and least studied bear. Aren't all bears honey bears? If Winnie the Pooh taught me anything, it's that all bears are honey bears. Well, I mean, he's your sample size of one. But <laughs> that one bear happens to be a honey bear. Uh, very, very Of course, he's a honey bear, H-U-N-N-Y. And he's also a poo. He's also Not a poo. forget that. Which is the brown one. They got those Canadian heritage moments about the invention of Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. And I love how they have the kid who says, we should call him Winnie the Pooh. And his dad says, why that? Because he's a poo. Just because doesn't make any sense. That's like the George Lucas uh, theory of naming characters. Yeah. Get your kids to name all your characters. 
What do we I, call them? Jar, jar. It just sold. Why? Here's the thing. I mean, they're making this commercial, right? Making this PSA. Yeah. And you never even need to bring it up. Like, you never even have to have the one character say, why are you calling him Winnie the Pooh? And have him say, Winnie the Pooh. Well, I think and have no actual explanation, right? I think that's a question just, that people would have. Like, why yeah, Winnie but then the Pooh? They didn't answer it. Well, but the answer is it's a kid being a kid. Chose it because it's, because it's a silly children name. children are idiots. Yeah. They're dumb. Is what, children are dumb. Is what they're trying to get across. <laughs> they're, they're subhuman. But we love them. <laughs> Panda bears, yes, they are bears. And brown bears, Zodiac, Grizzly, and the Russian brown are the same species, the different subspecies, I, uh, oh. as is my understanding. Ooh, what about the spirit bear? The spirit bear? Tell me more. They're albino grizzlies. Mm. So they're white. Um, they got like white faces and white fur and white everything, but they're called spirit bears. And they have stingers that inject you. Yes, and they got scorpion tails. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly the way it works. That's why they're so, they're so respected and, uh, Feared. I got some facts. Who wants some bear facts? I do, I do. Who me, wants me, the me bear too. necessities? Bear necessities, the nice. simple bear necessities. Don't forget, forget about your worries and your strife. That was my favorite song from the Jungle Book, by the way. Uh, the song that I liked was the <laughs> I Want to Be Like You. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I want to be just like you. Just like you. That's my favorite yeah. one. Because it had Louis Prima in it. Didn't know who Louis, Louis Prima was at the time. That just goes to show how great Louis Prima is. Yeah, that he transcends. Yeah, jazz knowledge. You know, the, the people who did that didn't ask the kids to come up with the music. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. They were like, you know what? Kids will like good music. <laughs> and then when they grow up, they'll appreciate that we put good music in this movie. As opposed to, yup, yup, yeah, yup, yup. <laughs> Come on, this is the Lucas. This is the shit on George Lucas episode. I guess so. Hey, well, he's kind of bearish looking, right? So you know, <laughs> do bears he's also like massive goiter? <laughs> is that one of the polar bears are nearly invisible under infrared photography? Have you have you heard about this? That's wild. What? Their fur is so insulating. They're like they're wow. stealth bombers of the bear world. <laughs> That's right, and yet they're white. Now you thought that bears were just dangerous because they could claw your face off with their giant claws? Not just. Listen, they could sit on me and I would die. Polar bear livers contain so much vitamin A that it can be fatal if eaten by a human. I actually knew this. I, I actually yeah. knew this. Timber wolves also have the same quality. Really? Yeah. I why that is. It's, a, it's something to do with fighting the cold. It's the Arctic okay. animals, right? They, wow. uh, so the they Arctic store it up because they need it to, to live in the cold. It's something to do with fighting off the cold. Yeah. If you eat uh, a liver, a polar bear liver, you get acute hypervitaminosis A, a condition resulting from the overconsumption of vitamin A during a short period of time. Can you can you just add osis to the end of everything and it becomes a medical condition? Probably kevinosis. Yeah, yeah kevinosis. Just got a, a, severe a case debilitating of right a, now. A debilitating self-righteous problem. <laughs> uh, the polar bear's liver, much like those of Arctic seals and huskies, contains extreme high levels of a retinol, the form of vitamin A found in members of the animal kingdom. A retinol, don't isn't that what you use to like grow hair back on your head? That retinol. That's Rogaine. Oh, <laughs> retinol reminds me of retinox. Which, Which uh, is Kevin James Kirk, Kirk is allergic, is to. allergic to. Oh, wow. I'm allergic to Retinox 5. It seems like something you should rub in your eye to make your eyesight better. <laughs> yeah, Retinol. well, that's what it is. It's it's the science fiction Star Trek uh, cures uh, nearsightedness. Really? I called, it, I called it? Yeah. You did, you could, I don't that, know you nothing about Star Trek. That is Star, why, you could have written Wrath of Khan. <laughs> that is why Where in Wrath of Khan, uh, Kirk has to have uh, the eye, half the glasses. glasses yeah. uh, symptoms of hypervitaminosis A includes drowsiness, irritability, Severe headache, bone pain. Bone pain? Blurred, <laughs> blurred vision. I, I, I had bone pain one time. You had me up until you bone had pain. bone painosis? I had bone pain. Penicillin cleared it right up. <laughs> blurred vision and vomiting. Those I, are things that sound like you don't want them. I only have the first few of those. Perhaps the most horrific symptom they encountered was peeling skin. This is early explorers. Uh-huh. 
while milder cases merely involve flaking around the mouth, some accounts reported cases of full body skin loss. What? Oh my god, like that guy from, from eating polar bear liver? Yep. Even the thick skin on the bottoms of the patient's feet could peel away, leaving the underlying oh. flesh bloody and exposed. Oh. The worst cases ended in liver damage, hemorrhage, coma, and death. This is like a scene out of Hellraiser. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is like it's a bear razor. <laughs> bear razor. <laughs> Holy – I'm TMing that. That is a total movie. <laughs> that is a sci-fi Raising original movie. Raising the spirit bear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the largest polar bear ever recorded was shot – in Alaska in 1960, weighing 2,210 pounds and stood 11 feet, 11 inches in height. Woo-hoo. When you hit into double digits in height, when you're talking about an animal that isn't a whale or an elephant, yeah. it gets pretty scary. The largest brown bear, a Kodiak bear, a subspecies of the brown bear, as discussed, weighed in at over 2,500 pounds and was almost 14 feet tall. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, we've got some I pictures. Found, I actually found conflicting information on that one, but still. Wow. That, Even I mean, if it's that, not that big. And we're not talking about like thin basketball player height. <laughs> no, no. Right? Like these yeah, are not like gangly, tall, thin, like, gangly this guys. This is not minute bowl. These this are is not minute bear. Massive f- muscle mounds that are also happen to be 14 feet tall. There's some images that are going to be up on the website that will blow your mind. Here's the thing. Like when you're out shooting a bear that big, you really got to be kind of nervous that you're just going to like make it angry, right? Yeah. Be like hitting one of us with like a BB. Yeah. Pink. Ow. Where do you, I wonder, like, we don't have any bear experts on today to tell us where you have to shoot a bear to take it down. Is it in the brain? No, it seems like one of those things where they're like, say, oh, you can't shoot him in the brain. The skull is like seven inches thick oh, or whatever, that, right? You have to go right into uh, the Shoot eye. right in the nose, I think. Oh, yeah? Heard, well, we'll get to our how to survive a bear attack a little later. Oh, nice. But that, that assumes you don't have a gun. <laughs> yeah, how to survive a bear attack. I don't know attack. what the bear's Achilles heel is for... Aiming a gun, though. Yeah, the weak spot. They're like if you're playing a video game. It's like if you, if you, you shoot them right in, in their little, right in that little white spot in their chest, they just yeah. shatter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> into a bunch of gold coins. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Have you guys heard about the Prizzly bear? Prizzly? Like grizzly only with a P? Is this like a half half grizzly, half, half Elvis Presley? Uh, I'm going to go with half grizzly, half prize. Like a, it's like a piñata. Bursts open, there's candy inside. Gold coins? Yes. Chocolate uh-huh. gold coins? No. Polar bears can breed with brown bears to oh. produce a fertile grizzly polar oh. bear hybrids. How did we not get polar bear That's grizzly right. bear? That makes perfect sense. It should actually be heard, a, there's a lot more of these showing up, right? Mm-hmm. Because the because of climate change. Air uh, quotes there. What's better, pr- prizzly or growler? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you exactly how that works. Uh-huh. By one convention, the name of the sire comes first in such combinations. The offspring of a male polar bear and a female grizzly would be a pizzly or prizzly bear, while the offspring of a male grizzly and a female polar bear would be a growler bear. Oh, I, I, there you I go. can't believe I called it. I know. That's funny. You've got right-itis. I no right-itis. 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 In 2006, the occurrence of this hybrid in nature was confirmed by testing the DNA for a strange-looking bear that had been shot in the Northwest Territories, and Jim Martell, a hunter from Idaho, found and shot a grizzly polar bear hybrid in the Northwest Territories. Martell had been hunting for polar bears with an official license and a guide. Officials took interest in the creature after noticing that it had attributes of both species. If the bear had been adjudicated to be a grizzly, he would have faced a possible $1,000 fine and up to a year in jail. They confirmed it was a hybrid uh, with the mother a polar bear and the father a grizzly. Because so he only spends a half a year no, in jail? You, well, you, and... can't, you can't kill grizzly bears, but you can kill polar bears because well, you have the polar bear license. You didn't have the grizzly bear license. Yeah, well, you killed half a grizzly, so yeah. you should have half the fine. <laughs> 
I'm not sure it works that way. No, they should just reward him whatever he was fined for science. Well, if ICBC was given out the uh, uh, thing, they would have taken. They would have given the full penalty mm-hmm. for fifty percent of the crime, and then increase the cost of his license, license later next on year. Yeah. for the next twenty years. Yeah. That was a car insurance joke, everybody. Yeah, a for local, those of us who don't live in British Columbia, a, a local BC car. For any yeah. listeners. Maybe sliding. we'll just edit that out. Yeah. We'll we'll make a special BC-based version of the podcast. Yeah, there'll be with, extra content. special in-jokes for people who We have to pay here. 99 cents to get that one. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's Canadian. Yeah. That's, 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 Dan that's the GST-PST added on. It's HST now. Is it? I HST. thought they're... Are we getting rid of the HST? See, I don't know. Now no, we're evolving into... Okay, this does get edited out. Let's yeah. talk about this in the tax episode. Yeah. <laughs> Taxes! <laughs> right after the death episode. Well, who's had... Has anyone had an encounter with a grizzly here? Uh, or friend, even a bear. My friend Todd has. Do you know the details intimately? I do know the details intimately. He was driving up towards Whistler uh, with his girlfriend, uh, now wife, then girlfriend. Uh, and they, uh, he decided that they were, they were kind of halfway up there and, uh, it takes a couple hours to get up there and they decide they want to pull over and do like a little picnic, like, uh, just on a did little side road. Did they have a road. picnic basket? <laughs> they did indeed. They did indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah. They did not run into Yogi though. The Yogi. <laughs> yeah, they took out on a little side road and like went out into, uh, you know, a little clearing and had a lovely picnic on a Sunday, a sunny afternoon and it was all going fine and dandy. When they first pulled off the road, I got to back the story up a little bit. Katarina, his girlfriend who's Slovakian, not a lot of bears, uh, around her hometown or whatever, no? said, I'm really nervous about because we're up like near the mountains. Aren't there bears out here? He says, ah, I mean, there are bears, but they don't come anywhere near humans, right? Like, this is going to be like 100 feet off the highway. There's not going to be any bears milling around. Don't worry about it. I guarantee we will not run into a bear. He actually threw out a guarantee. Or you will get your money back. He threw out a guarantee. So, of course, they went out and walked like 100 feet away from their car, had a picnic, and on the way back down the trail towards their car, there was a bear on the trail between them and their car. Nice. Katarina lost her mind and ran off of an incredibly steep incline, (laughs) a.k.a. a cliff. And, like, tumbled through all these, like, bramble bushes. And Todd was looking at the bear. Into a soft pile of bears. And looking down this girlfriend, (laughs) like, tumbling down a hillside. And he went, well, I got to go after her. Otherwise, it's over. Pretty much going to break up with me. For guarantee. you wish. (laughs) So he proceeded to tumble down the hillside through the bramble bushes himself. (laughs) Merely because he knew intimately that if he didn't, he would no longer have a girlfriend the next day. Oh, my sweet Wesley. I'm trying to picture this because I know what Todd looks like. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's not a lithe looking Yeah, it was like that shale rock evidently. And so oh, it was very slippy and slidey so and when stabby. She, when he got down to her, she was covered in a pile of rocks that he had <laughs> kicked out on her. I think the, the major damage been done. She actually had quite severe scratches on her legs from the bramble bushes. Mm. So lesson be learned, listeners. Never guarantee that you will not run into a bear because <laughs> there's no sure way to attract a bear to your right. location. The, it's a little-known bear fact. Well, let's talk about some uh, famous attacks. There was like a like PBS or Learning Channel show all about just bear maulings I saw one time. Mm. I don't remember many of the details, but there was a lot of clawing and, and screaming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Please, God, help me. <laughs> That's what I'd say. So go ahead. Let's... I thought you didn't believe in God. I just don't. What have I got to lose at that point? <laughs> please, please, Carl Sagan, help me. <laughs> Just as likely. Oh, Richard Dawkins, where are you? <laughs> the San Cabetsu brown bear incident. 
The Asuri brown bear, also known as the black grizzly, is a subspecies of the brown bear found in parts of Asia. The Aimu people worshipped the Asuri brown bear, eating its flesh and drinking its blood as part of a religious festival known as Iomante. All right. This didn't help. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I guess they probably got their backup over this. December 1915. Uh, bear turned up at the home of the Ota family in a pioneer village 30 kilometers inland from the west coast of Hokkaido. The farmer's wife, Mayu, and a baby were at the house. The baby was bitten on the head and killed. Ooh. Mayu fought back, apparently by throwing firewood, and tried to escape. She was overtaken, knocked down, and dragged into the forest. According to contemporary descriptions, the scene resembled a slaughterhouse with blood puddled on the farmhouse floor. Wow. Huh? That's phase one. That, that's that's a phase one? one? A search party comprising 30 men was organized. They found the bear and wounded it with gunshot. After the bear had fled, the hunters scouted the area and discovered dried blood in the snow at the base of the fir tree. Uh, beneath the snow was the corpse of Mayu with only the head and parts of the legs remaining. Later at the Miyoki homestead, the bear broke in through the kitchen window. Same bear? Same bear. The wife, Yayo, tried to flee the house, but her second son, Yujiro, clung to her legs tripping her as she ran. Oh, no. The bear attacked her and bit the child, Umakichi, different child. One of the guards drew, because there were guards now at this point, mm. uh, drew the bear away and was clawed in the back. The bear then mauled Kinzo, the third son of the Miyoki family, and Haruyoshi, the fourth son of the Saito family, killing them, and bit Iwayo, third son of the Saito family. Next to be targeted was Take, Saito Ishigoro's pregnant wife. As the animal advanced, she pled for her life and that of her unborn child, but it was in vain. She, too, was attacked, killed, and partially eaten. L little known bear fact, wow. they don't understand uh, <laughs> no. language. They don't understand Japanese, I'm guessing. Well, the yeah, names, that I'm was the Japanese. Bears don't understand Japanese. So we've got three things to, that, that are completely worthless. One is praying to God to be saved. The other is praying to Richard praying, Dawkins. Yeah, and, and now praying to the bear itself. Yeah. None of those will help you. When the rest of the guardsmen arrived, the house was dark and silent and no one dared to enter it. Then, from within, they heard a groan, followed by the sounds of ripping cloth and crunching bone. Believing that the bear had killed everyone inside, some of the guardsmen proposed setting the house on fire. <laughs> yeah. But Yayo, hoping that some of the children still lived, forbade this. An alternative plan was formed. The guardsmen divided into two groups. One consisting of ten men stood guard at the door. The other group went to the back of the house. The group at the rear set up a racket, which is, say, a lot of noise. Noise, yeah. Not a tennis. <laughs> not, not a tennis. No. As expected, the bear appeared at the front door. The men there had bunched up with lines of fire blocked by the guard at their head, whose own rifle misfired. Amid the general confusion and risk of crossfire, the bear escaped into the night. Are you kidding me? That is the worst laid trap ever. That one rifle misfires, and then the rest of them all double-clutch, and the bear actually gets away. The guard entered the house and beheld the grisly scene, lying in a pool of blood, where Take and two children, all dead. Additionally, Take's fetus had been ripped from her body. Oh, oh man. This he, is an evil bear. This is a Charles Manson bear. In two days, six people had lost their lives, one of them pregnant. After the incident, only veterans of the Russo-Japanese War remained at their posts. Meanwhile, Mr. Saito Ishigoro was out of town, filing a report with authorities... He heard that Yamamoto Haikaichi was an expert bear hunter and so paid a visit to his house. Yamamoto, after hearing the account, was certain that the bear was Kesagake, or the diagonal slash from the shoulder. Yes, that's what that word means. Okay. Which had previously been blamed for the mauling and deaths of three women. But by this time, Yamamoto had pawned off his gun for money to buy alcohol and refused <laughs> Miyoki's request for aid. Nice. Wow, this is – there's a movie in here. This should be – this has been put in at least a couple of different books. I've got the name of the movie. All right. 
Not Jaws. Yeah. Claws. Claws. The locals formed a posse. Right. They had some unsuccessful outings trying to find this bear, uh, but they had gathered guns by this point. Right. This. So the fact that this he pawned the, his the gun bounty off. hunter. Uh, Yamamoto. Bear ex- killer came to town. They went out uh, on an outing. Yep. The, just him and this other guy. Eventually, they did find the bear. They shot him in the the heart and the head, and they basically did a necropsy on the bear, which is to say they cut him open. Yeah. I'm guessing they found human body parts. Yeah, they found the parts of the victims in his stomach. The smoking and, stomach, uh, if you will. When measured, the bear was 380 kilograms, which is 836 pounds, and 2.7 meters, or 8.85 oh, feet it's tall. tiny. It's like half the size of that oh. record-breaking grizzly. <laughs> yes, yeah, taller than you. Yeah. Why, it is not me- much. It is merely, nearly nine feet tall. <laughs> merely, nearly? It's barely ginormous. <laughs> it's merely it's huge. It's merely huge. <laughs> what's, uh, what's, what was in the aftermath? Uh, at the time, the skull and some of the fur of the bear were kept, but they were later lost and no traces of Kesagake are left oh. because the bear has returned. <laughs> That's Kesagake 2, the <laughs> mollinating. <laughs> there has been a movie, The Wild Legend. That's a manga. Oh, that's manga. Sorry. The movie, movie 1990, is- Yellow Fangs. Oh, Sonny Chiba directed it. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to find that. Let's. T- I'll talk about the sloth bear of Mysore. Okay. This is a place in India. A sloth bear. I do remember you mentioning the sloth, yeah, the bear, that, sloth bear that appears in Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka and India. In India. Is it actually part sloth it, or no. sloth? It's a very unusual looking for a bear, but it's a bear. Somewhat similar looking to a sloth, perhaps. Yes, but it doesn't climb trees. Or maybe, mm-hmm. no, it probably does climb trees. It definitely sounds like something <laughs> that you should be able to run away from. It's kind of a shaggy old bear. Yeah. The sloth bear of Mysore was an unusually aggressive Indian sloth bear responsible for the deaths of at least 12 people and the mauling of two dozen others. You know, I think India seems to have these, like, massive maulings and stuff by, like, wild animals. Probably population density has got to be something to do with it, right? Like, the Bengal tiger used to be the biggest man-eater in the world, like, in the 19th century. That's right. Largely because of the aggression of the Bengal tiger, but also when you got lots of easy pickings on the periphery of of civilization. Yeah, if you want to survive a zombie attack, you don't want to be in India where it's going to spread like wildfire, you're going to want to be, you know, in northern Alberta. Yes. Great slave lake. One of the few times you will. I'm just kidding, Alberta. Alberta, don't write us nasty emails. Actually, do. We could use the email. <laughs> Info at causticsodapodcast.com. Kenneth Anderson, in his memoirs, Man Eaters and Jungle Killers, says... That's his memoir? Sloth bears, as a rule, are excitable, but generally harmless creatures. This particular bear carried the mark of Cain. <laughs> and it had become the wanton, deliberate murderer of several men whom he had done death in most terrible fashion without provocation. It sounds like he should be a character in the movie Unforgiven. So some bears are just jerks, is I guess what he's saying. Yeah. Most of them are pretty decent, but, but some, some are just jerks. carry the mark of Cain. Mark of Cain. <laughs> so I have a picture here of uh, confirming that the Sri Lankan sloth bear can climb mm. because it's up in this tree. Eating a sloth. Either that or it knows <laughs> how to fly a helicopter. <laughs> that would be another reason it's a sloth bear. It's named after its number one food. (laughs) The first attack. In typical sloth bear fashion, the animal attacked its victims' faces with its claws and teeth. Those who survived its attacks usually lost one or both eyes, some their noses, while others had their cheeks bitten through. Mm. I need those. (laughs) You don't need your cheeks. (laughs) Yeah, all is for grandma's pinching. It's all they're used for. (laughs) Who wants that? Yeah. Now your grandma's just going to pinch empty holes. She's going to grab at nothing. (laughs) She got attacked by a sloth bear. Can't get me, Grandma. Thank you, sloth bear. (laughs) Those who died often had their faces completely torn from their heads. At least three of the victims had been partially eaten. They seem to like attacking faces. Well, this particular sloth bear evidently ripped faces off. If a bear is charging at me, it's not going to have access to my face. 
I'm going to be turning the other way. Like, it's going to have to grab me, flip me over, and specifically target my face. The bear's depredations came to the attention of Kenneth Anderson when a friend of his named Alan Buck sent him a postcard urgently asking him to come after Buck's 22-year-old son had been fatally mauled by the bear. Anderson searched for the bear but could not find it and went back to Bangalore. One month later, two woodcutters in Sakrapatna, a small town between Chikmagular and Kadur, <laughs> I got those, had been seriously mauled by the bear, one fatally. Anderson was contacted by the district forest officer. Anderson requested precise coordinates for the bear's whereabouts and was answered 10 days later that the bear lived in a hillock three miles from the town. It was also revealed that the bear had since mauled the forest guard during a regular patrol. Anderson set up his headquarters in a small house owned by the forest department at 4.30 the next afternoon. A man rushed to the bungalow, stating that the bear had mauled his brother. Setting forth with a rifle, a torch, and three or four helpers, Anderson journeyed six miles into the jungle for an hour and a half before coming across a heavily scrubbed hill. The helpers refused to accompany him any further. Anderson heard the faint moans of the victim, whom he found lying at the foot of a tree, unconscious and severely mutilated. Anderson carried the man for a short distance before collapsing from a sprained ankle. <laughs> the victim died at five in the morning, and Anderson was found later by forest officials and a dozen villagers. He was hospitalized for a week before re resuming the hunt. During Anderson's absence, the bear had mauled two men along a path. Anderson arrived at the site at dusk and spent the night at the foot of the largest tree, hoping the bear would come. At 11 p.m., Anderson heard the bear digging for roots in the distance, and an hour later it approached the tree. Anderson shone his torch at the bear, which reared up its hind legs in alarm. Anderson shot it in the chest, killing it instantly. And that's the Yay. chilling tale of the I'll sloth you, bear of Mysore. This guy was, uh, he was not finishing first in the class of bear hunters. The guy lived from 1910 to 1974, and there was a book about the incident in 1957. So it was okay. probably around 1940. I got to talk about Binky. Binky. Uh, who lived at the Alaska Zoo in Anchorage. Ooh, I love it when zoo animals maul people. <laughs> this is my favorite part because these people seem like they're asking for it. 1994, Australian tourist Catherine Warburton climbed over the two safety wheels to get it. Safety you see? Rails. I told you she was asking for She climbed for it. over two safety rails to get a close-up photograph and was bitten as the bear stuck his head through the bars and grabbed her. They are always asking for it, these guys. Everybody who gets mauled at a zoo is asking for it. She received a broken leg and bite wounds. Another tourist caught the event on tape, so we'll link to that. Uh, Binky kept the woman's shoe for three days before it could be retrieved by zoo officials. The day after the attack, the Alaska star photographer Rob Lehman took the iconic image of Binky with a shoe in his mouth that was printed in almost every press account of the incident. Nice. Six weeks later, Binky was involved in another mauling. Drunken local teenagers who apparently hoped to swim in Binky's pool approached the bear's enclosure, and one 19-year-old was hospitalized with leg lacerations after he was mauled. They just Again. Don't, they don't read the paper. I, I, I come back to my original point. People who get mauled at the zoo are typically asking for it. Uh, after these attacks, Binky received international news coverage and became a hero in Anchorage. <laughs> Binky merchandise was popular, including T-shirts, mugs, and bumper stickers, often adorned with the iconic shoe photo or with the slogan, send another tourist, this one got away. The, the, the Darwin Awards the Darwin Awards should have sent Binky a plaque or something, you know, uh, honorary uh, lifetime member of the Darwin Awards Society or something. Uh, I got one. I don't remember all the details, but oh, a few years back <laughs> – <laughs> it's a story nonetheless. A few years back, there was a Canadian Olympic athlete. She was a biathlete, and she was out running outside of her Quebec home. Out running a bear? Her sexual preferences have nothing to do with this. 
She was out running in the summer when uh, you, there's no skiing or shooting to be done. And, uh, well, there's shooting she, to be done. She never came back. And that, yeah, she, I guess she wished she had a rifle with her this time because she'd been mauled and killed uh. by a black bear out in like the Gatineau Hills in Quebec. That'll teach you to take up athletics. Yeah, she'd been like, she was like a bronze medalist or something. They thought that she was probably going to medal again. Get a real upcoming. job. <laughs> An Olympic hopeful. Now she's doing Olympics in hell. <laughs> Maybe she's doing the Hell Olympics. The Hell Olympics. What, you have to jump over the guy pushing the uh, <laughs> Sisyphus. giant uh, Sisyphus. The giant bag of gold. The giant bag of gold. Oh, you know, yeah, those, those uh, from, from Inferno. That's, yeah. that, those are the Hell Olympics, actually. Yeah, yeah. Pushing a bag of gold, gold up, the hill. up a hill forever. The problem is you win the gold medal and it's just in the bag and makes it yeah. heavier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> service announcement from Caustic Soda. How to survive a grizzly attack. Lay it on me. Carry bear pepper spray. Done. Here's the thing, though. I always figured that if uh, a bear got close enough to attack you and you pepper sprayed it, wouldn't you kind of be pepper spraying yourself at the same time? It's worth it. (laughs) Yeah, assuming that the bear doesn't just, like, bowl right through it and start mauling you, and now you can't even protect yourself because you're blinded by the pepper spray. Well, if you know where to aim it. Yeah, it comes out in a, in a stream. Yeah, it doesn't but, doesn't go in a cloud. It, it, no, but when it hits, it like sprays. Or it, trust me, there's blowback from there's blowback. I, blow I, I still spray. say it's worth it. <laughs> I will take some. Ow, this is really annoying and painful in my eyes, and I'm all red and crying and pain over being mauled and having my face bitten off. But you may get both. It's a fair trade, unlike airport body scanners. It is a highly concentrated capsaicin spray that creates a large cloud. Capsaicin, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you probably will be in the club. Yeah, you will totally like pepper spray yourself at the same well, I'd time. I'd also be running at the same time away. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff will usually stop a bear in its tracks. Usually. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not 100%. It's like a condom. Oh, so you're right. So so don't wear condoms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why bother? There's part two not of our 100%. public service announcement. <laughs> yeah. But this time it's just from Kevin. Yeah. Kids, don't wear condoms because they're not 100%. <laughs> Precisely. It's only 99%. Yeah. It's only 99%. Listen, throw it away. Yeah. Why, Why bother? bother? And your seatbelt. Come on. <laughs> There's like a one in a hundred chance that you'll be thrown clear. safety. Yes. Throw if you're clear not clear of the wreckage. 99 out of 100 times... It is better to wear the seatbelt, but there's that one in a hundred times that you might be thrown clear. So pff, why bother? That, that precisely, you've hit the nail on the head. Joe. I'm, I'm waiting for you to get the joke. <laughs> I have gotten it, and I'm playing with it. I'm running with it. Is yes and yes, yes and, and can we get along with this? Right. I'm guessing on. number two is kick it in the balls. Do not try to intimidate grizzly bears. Oh, so so no. you're totally wrong. <sighs> also, remember the balls are wait, wait the back end. 
And it's going to yeah. eat you at the front Which, end. Which, as we've discussed, can be like 11 feet away. <laughs> 14 feet away. <laughs> so sneak up behind the one that's about to maul somebody else and kick it in the balls. I think if you can sneak, you should sneak away. Uh, slowly walk away without yelling or looking too grand and imposing. Try not to sneak up on it and surprise it. Thank you. Wow, Try I'm not like, to sneak I've been completely I'm, uh, I'm licking wrong my finger, one. and I'm doing a little one in the air. <laughs> yeah, nice. I thought for a second you are going to wet willy somebody. Do not make eye contact and give it plenty of room to retreat. Remember to act as if you are not challenging it in any way. This is exactly the opposite of what I thought you would supposed to do. Not like, you're challenge supposed to, like, the grizzly bear. Like, bang Kevin. two pots together and like yell and scream and do all that. Isn't that what you're supposed do to do? Do not walk into a forest with a fuck you bears written on your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, no, we I'm already established that they can't understand so language. I, I think I should I'm get rid of my one. bears equals pussies t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, don't run. When you run, the bear thinks you're prey, and it will continue chasing you. So stand your ground. And don't think you can outrun a bear. Bears are fast. They can reach speeds of 30 mph. Unless you're an Olympic sprinter, don't bother running. Yeah, Olympic biathlete. So instead of running, what should I do? If you can climb a tree, get up to 12 feet or higher. This is not for a black bear, though, right? We'll get to that later. This is okay. grizzly. We're talking grizzly. grizzly. Okay. Grizzlies can't climb. Okay. So failing that. Drop to the ground in a fetal position. Cover the back of your neck with your hands. If you don't have pepper spray or the bear continues to charge even after the spray, Kevin, mm-hmm. this is your next best defense. Hit the ground immediately and curl into the fetal position. See, I read an article in a magazine about a guy that got mauled, and th- he said that he did this very thing and it just kept on chewing on him. Well, that happened. So then he, yeah. like, after it started to chew on him, he realized he was getting some really severe injuries. But if your other option is to run and then run down and then get eaten, yeah. why waste? Why spend that extra well, effort? Why, we're, why we're, actually break a sweat, right? Exactly. You know, like. And again, we're talking about the odds here, right? Like yeah. the odds are, if you do that, it might it might go, or I guess will probably go. Oh, all right, not a threat, and then maybe sniff you and then walk away. Because I'm sure a lot of people have had that happen. Mm-hmm. So it's like the seatbelt, right? Just do it. Uh, so yeah, play dead. Grizzlies will stop attacking when they feel there's no longer a threat. If they think you're dead, they won't think you're threatening. Once the bear is done tossing you around and leaves, continue to play dead. Grizzlies are known for waiting around. To see if the victim will get back up. Those bastards! Wow. Well, that so that is that is just wrong. How dare wow. they? What a bunch of pricks! It's like the worst practical joke of all time. It's like <laughs> oh, I'm going away. I'm going. To, and then they, they do the little like stepping. They're like thump thump thump. They're like, <laughs> but they're just like behind a tree, right? They're like I'm gone. And then as soon as you like peek out <laughs> between your fingers and get up to walk away, they're on you like a fat kid on a smarty. They're, they're like World of Warcraft players on PvP servers. They kill you and then they wait around for you to to res and then kill you again. <laughs> Bastards! I, I hate assholes. you, PvP players. Bears are assholes. Who knew? Do not fight back because you will lose. <laughs> On previous attacks in which the human survived, the grizzly bear will incapacitate the human, yes, mm. then bury them in mud or cover them with branches. They don't prey on humans. They just want to eliminate threats. Play dead will trick them to think that you are not a challenge. So that's grizzly. That's grizzly. Black bear. Check. Don't climb a tree. Pretty much right. the same. Don't Only climb don't a tree. Climb. Yeah, because they can climb. And you should fight back against a black bear. Oh. Use anything and everything as a weapon, rock, sticks, fist, your teeth. Aim your blows on the bear's face, particularly the eyes and snout. So, uh, okay. and black bears are the ones, are those the ones that you make noise for? Are those ones you like bang pots I think together you want to make noise for everything just to make, just so you Like don't as speak. you're walking through the woods, bears you want to Bears don't want to be surprised. Right. right. Bears don't like surprises. They're not like me and you. So, yeah. <laughs> you don't throw any bear surprise parties. parties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, surprise! surprise! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Polar bears. Uh, you're dead. <laughs> That's it. Polar bears, you'll be eaten, killed, and die. 
So even if you play dead, they will kill you. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Wow. They're the biggest assholes of them all because they got to deal with that cold temperature. Surely something has to have a higher chance of survival. Like uh, maybe it'll get tired, like even though it can run faster than you or like run around a tree if there's one. I mean, I guess there's not many trees with polar bears, although they're coming further south. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you do that classic where your feet spin in the same spot, like (laughs) as they're slipping and sliding. Like, uh, exactly. Might not help you survive, but it'd be an awesome way to go is just as it comes to you and raises its paw to maul you. Try to high five it. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Because then, at the very least, somebody might take a picture of you with the badass, most badass death ever. Yeah, this is a dude high fiving a well, polar bear about and, to and make and make the noise like go up high <laughs> and make that noise, and it might just like it, it may be taken. Aback. And who knows if you're in a Coca Cola commercial, it might just high five you and walk away. Yes, right. don't leave me hanging, Nanook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, don't leave your brother hanging. In the news. <laughs> 87-year-old woman snares and kills bear. June 28, awesome. 2007. Previously news. Recent past. When she suspected a bear was coming around her cabin, Cecilia Smith did what any 87-year-old woman would do. <laughs> the Newfoundland hunter set a trap that snared the 200-kilogram bear. That's uh, 440 pounds for our S- American listeners. Smith then shot the beast, climbed a tree, and rigged a pulley system to load it into a pickup. Wow. When I saw him Tuesday, I said, my God, is that a bear? <laughs> She's a newfie. <laughs> I thought he was dead, so I went to take the snare off him. Then he moved, so I shot him in the head. So I, I, my earlier question from this episode is how, where, where do you target a bear? Evidently, it's in the chest, and then you finish it off with a headshot. Yeah. The heart or the brain? The heart. Yeah. Well, the, you, you take it down with a chest shot, and you finish it off with a headshot. So Something I like to tell all my boys. Always put one in the brain. That was the easy part. The trouble came when she and her husband, Roland, 81, tried to load the huge animal into their pickup truck. The bear was far too heavy to lift, so they put a rope in the animal, and she climbed three or four meters up a spruce tree, this 87-year-old, and rigged a hoist. That's like 14 feet. I'm I'm doing the the, uh, metric conversion for our American listeners. I went up in the tree and hooked the rope around some limbs and then hauled the bear up about three or four feet. Then rolling back the track under it, and I lowered it down into the truck. <laughs> I had a license for it to catch the bear. <laughs> <laughs> she did say four to catch a bear. That's awesome. <laughs> a license to trap a bear or shoot a bear, whatever I wanted to do. So I set a snare for him. Then I went back. He was in the snare, so I shot him. <laughs> After that, she and her I love I love tough old ladies. I really do. After that, she and her husband took the animal to Hawks Bay and showed it off. Uh, the bear was disposed of in the town dump. What? Its teeth were worn down and fur was patchy. She said she wouldn't eat it. Oh, okay. Why would I do that in the spring when he's got no meat on him? You do that in the fall. He'd have some meat on him. Oh, it's not wow. like he's a non-meat bear. She's just sticking it to him. She's like sticking to the bear <laughs> twice, <laughs> like snaring him when he's hungry and shooting him in the head when he like wiggles, and then doesn't even do him the service of eating him or putting his pelt on the wall or anything. Yeah, like in mob movies when you shoot a guy in the face so they can't get an open casket burial, right? <laughs> it's like just giving it to him one last time. Uh, Smith, who's been hunting all her life, said she first went into the woods with her father. You had to hunt in them days. <laughs> there was nothing to eat. Now I trap foxes, coyotes, beavers, whatever there is. I got a moose license, too, and caribou. <laughs> what else am I going to do? Not sit down and watch TV all day. Hard work don't kill you. I worked hard all my life. I worked hard in sawmills, lumberyards. I was a carpenter for 36 years. Wow. Good for her. I love tough old ladies. I love them. It's not her first bear. Uh, she shot one that is, as a teenager, 
and it may not be her last. Her husband says there was another bear hanging around the cabin. We want to get him, too. He's a torment. <laughs> you only went into that much detail because you love doing that voice. voice. Yeah. Bears guard grow up. This is real news. This is actual news. Actual Some August that... 2010 news. All right. Okay. We're right on top of it. It's common knowledge in Christina Lake in southeastern BC that a local woman known as the Bear Lady had befriended, had befriended the wild animals at her remote cabin. But no one seemed to realize the bears were protecting what police describe as a million-dollar marijuana grow-up. Brilliant. Forget Rottweilers and pit bulls, man. This is the new wave. A half-hour's drive up a steep logging road in the foothills of the Rockies, RCMP acting on a tip converged on the bear lady's cabin in the Kootenai region. Uh, to hell with you, tipster. Investigators say they confiscated a million dollars worth of marijuana plants growing in the thick brush. But first, they came upon at least 10 full-grown black bears lazing around the property. <laughs> I'll bet they were. <laughs> Dude, you want to get some honey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got the munchies. Here come the police. <laughs> police were taken aback at first, and one officer armed himself with a police shotgun in case the bears became aggressive. They soon realized the bears were very docile and very laid back, wandering throughout the property. Dog food had been left out for the bears, which seemed well-fed and posed no threat to the officers. Guess so. With no interference from the bears, investigators removed between 1,000 and 1,100 marijuana plants valued at about $1 million from the property. They also found a pot-bellied pig in the house and a raccoon sleeping on the bed. <laughs> wow, she's a crazy old That's bear awesome. lady. Crazy old millionaire bear lady. <laughs> well, crazy old millionaire probably going to spend the rest of her natural life in jail, bear lady. I mean, anytime you end something with lady Actually, and start it with an animal, it just it lends itself to crazy. They were arrested know? and later released yeah but just before they go to trial it might be hard to prove that it was bail. them so they they could claim that somebody else planted the like the bears the bears planted it themselves well, no i mean like actual hardened <laughs> they were smarter than your average bears <laughs> yeah they're not looking for a picnic basket that's for sure <laughs> hey boo boo what's in this 7-eleven probably one of the most compelling bear movies that i've ever seen was uh grizzly man <laughs> right grizzly man. has anybody else seen it no is that the one by Werner Herzog? yes about the gentleman who uh was a documentarian and he would travel out to this really remote island in Alaska, I believe, or outside of Alaska in the Panhandle or something. And uh, basically, uh, there were no human beings out there. It was so remote. All that lived on the island were animals and bears and whatnot. And uh, he would go there and document the bears. And he named them. And he he was a conservationist. And he wanted to like see how they were doing. He yeah, just, he's, he was an ab- amateur naturalist, eco-warrior, and documentary filmmaker. Yeah, and he would go live with them. Timothy for like, Treadwell was his name. Was that was his name? 1957. To 2003. <laughs> and he would, uh, he would, he would, he'd like to go and live with the bears for like a month or two at a time after the ice melted and before it started up again, there was only a small window where you could get to this island. And he would go and like literally camp there for yep. a month or two at a time and just live with the bears and whatnot. And, uh, the last anybody heard of him, he went up and he never came back at his previously scheduled time. And they, they went up there to investigate and they found, uh, like his little campsite. And uh, a mauled and eaten Mr. Treadwell. And his girlfriend. And his girlfriend. And they actually, uh, because he was a documentarian, he was filming his own death. So when you watch the movie Grizzly Man, yeah. you actually he, – he turns the camera on himself and he's like the, – this season he came back and food had been scarce for some reason. There was like all the bears were malnourished and he was really worried about a bunch of them and stuff yes. like that. And then he turns the camera on himself and it's really chilling this footage where he is talking about they're circling the tent. This is their like – you know, I, I know something bad is going to happen. They're not res- responding to, uh, you know, all of – in years previous had literally been like 
hanging out with the bears and like yeah. riding on them and like rolling around with them and <laughs> doing stuff like this. And he says, uh, he says something bad is going to happen. And the camera is rolling as the bears break into the tent and maul them to death. Wow. It's really chilling. This is, this is the information I have. Uh, I'm not sure if it conflicts with what you have or may add. In 2003, Treadwell spoke with an associate in Malibu, California, by satellite phone. Treadwell mentioned no problems with any bears. The next day, October 6th, the mangled remains of Treadwell and Haugengard were discovered. Treadwell's disfigured head, partial backbone, and right forearm slash hand, still wearing his wristwatch, were recovered at the scene. Haugengard's partial remains, that's the girlfriend, uh, were found near the encampment, partially buried in a mound of twigs and dirt. A large male grizzly protecting the campsite was killed by park rangers during the attempt to retrieve the bodies. A necropsy revealed human body parts such as fingers and limbs. A video camera was recovered at the site. The camera had been turned on at some point before the attack, presumably by uh, the girlfriend, but the camera recorded only six minutes of audio before running out of tape. Yeah, like you don't actually see the mauling. Right. Um, it uh, You only hear it off camera. But there is a partial footage right bef- like before okay. the mauling that yeah. he turned the camera on himself and talked about how worried he was and how something bad was going to happen. And then, yeah, and then in the, in the attack, it came on and you could only hear it as opposed to see it. In Grizzly Man, Herzog listens to the recording, which features the horrific egg screaming of Treadwell and Hugengard. The movie itself is really interesting, but ends chilling me. Unlike uh, another movie that both Torn and I have now seen. <laughs> uh, I saw it. I saw it like I saw it in the movie theater. I saw it when it first came out. You saw Project Grizzly. I saw Project Grizzly in the theater. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so I saw it about fifteen years ago. It is hilarious. And, and I've seen it. I've seen it one other time, about half of it, one other time on television. I lolled. Yeah, many, many times. All right. So there's some background for some people. This Project Grizzly. Troy Hertubis. Yeah, Hertubis or something like that. And he was walking through the forest one day and like stumbled upon a grizzly, like so many other people do, and. Uh, and he was frightened, but fascinated by the bear at the same time. And he wanted to interact directly with bears. Well, the danger of being killed. Mm-hmm. So his brilliant plan was was to come up with an armored suit, like a you, la Iron Man, a la Iron Man, or like those shark chainmail suits yeah, that right. allow you yeah. to interact directly with sharks. He wanted to create the perfect bear-proof suit. Yeah. And that's what the whole movie's about. And he, <laughs> I, I understand he was inspired by watching Robocop. Oh, yeah, he does. He does he say that? It didn't say that in the movie, but uh, doing my research. That doesn't surprise me because uh, definitely when he walks, he kind of looks like Robocop. Uh, <laughs> it does. The, the crazy part Your about move, this is bear. when I watched this movie the first time, I actually thought it was a mockumentary. Right. Yeah. Like, this I, guy is like over the top, hit manly hick. Yeah. He's like, he's got his red beret. He's got his jacket with the tassels. Yeah, or the his fringe, duster. the fringe, like yeah. leather he fringe. Totally and seems he totally like he, you know, he sits on his, on he's his, a caricature on his truck with his uh, leg up and he's getting his cigarette lit by a blowtorch by his buddy. Yeah. And it's just totally over the top. I'm the manliest man of all men. Yeah. The, of- the first half of this movie, I thought it was a joke. I thought I was being <laughs> spinal tapped, right? And then the second half of the movie, when you come to the realization, that this guy is actually really trying to do this and this movie is genuine and yeah. it's n- Rob Reiner has nothing to do with it <laughs> uh, you ca- it kind of makes you sad in that American movie sort of way you yeah. get sort of sad for the people that are in the movie I kept having to remind myself he was not a Bruce McCullough character from Kids in the Hall <laughs> yes because absolutely. he's also short right yeah and like he's doing his crazy martial arts warm ups yeah, with a knife in each hand yeah. And like super, but super sincere. Yeah. Like he is not kidding around. He thinks he's awesome. And I, how I felt about the movie 
changed fundamentally from the first five minutes <laughs> right. to the last five yeah, minutes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, start off going, this guy's crazy. And then you're like, this guy's crazy. And yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, this guy's crazy. Yeah. Oh. But he's, he's having a good time. Like, so, I love him. Uh, awesome. it's, it's a, it should be watched, I think. Yeah. It, absolutely. It's I don't want to really, spoil the ending. No, no. Really entertaining. You can watch the entire thing at the National Film Board yes, that's uh, right. website, nfb.ca oh, slash awesome. film slash slash Project Grizzly. You can watch the entire 72-minute show. You have to watch this yeah. like, for a great many reasons. This is such a great character. One oh. thing I want to check up is if we can look up this guy on Wikipedia, There, it talks about some of the stuff he's done after the movie. Oh, really? And he is a kook. Most recently, Herdebee said he designed what he calls the Angel Light, a large device that he claims can allow people to see through objects, detect stealth aircraft, see into flesh, and <laughs> disable electronic devices. Herdebee said that the design for the Angel Light came to him in a series of three dreams. I love it when people invent stuff as a basis of, from a foundation of dreams that they have. And that he was able to build a working device from memory without aid of schematics. Of course. Why would you need schematics to build a device that can see through bodies and detect stealth aircraft? I love the fact that it's like, it's totally like one of those, like, you know, when they claim there's a miracle drug that will, you know, snake oil that will cure every single ailment that you have. He can detect stealth aircraft and see through walls. And it really clears up your acne. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and when you have an itch on your nose, it'll take care of that too. Watch Project Grizzly and you'll understand what he's capable of. You know, there's, more than a few things that he could go kind of And it's pretty weird with. as a Canadian to hear somebody talk and go, oh, that's a Canadian accent. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He really has it. He's yeah. a hoser. He could have been played by Dan Aykroyd. He could have co-hosted with Bob and Doug McKenzie. <laughs> here's, some, here's some bad news for <laughs> Troy. Bite, billies. Uh, so in early 2007, he made his new protective suit, which was designed to be worn by soldiers, calling it the Trojan Ballistic Suit of Armor. Uh, Herdebees describes it as the first ballistic full exoskeleton body suit of armor, weighs 40 pounds, and he claims the suit can withstand bullets from high-powered rifles, including an elephant gun. Um, this might actually serve a purpose. The problem is he couldn't get anybody to buy it. He went bankrupt from the expense of creating the suit. He put was forced to put the prototype up for auction on eBay in hopes that he could bring in enough money to sustain his family. The auction's reserve bid, which is the minimum amount that he will accept, was not met. Uh, and then there was a raffle for the suit on the Mission Trojan website, whose goal is to raise money for further prototypes and testing of the Trojan suit to demonstrate its abilities for military applications. Well, the Mark Six, I think it was, which was Mark the one was in, in, the, the in the movie. Yeah, that cost him one hundred fifty thousand dollars yeah. to make. So I just see the movie. Yeah, it's a quote uh, Stanley. Stanley. Yeah, enough said. <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> Comics. Yogi Bear. He's a comic. Cartoon. Cartoon and comic, yeah. You know, the old 1960s era original. You know, it's somewhat entertaining when you're a child. Completely does not hold up when you reach your adult years. Yeah. Hanna-Barbera, the reason there was so much Hanna-Barbera wasn't that it was because it was popular, but because they figured out... Or good. Out, uh, it was because they figured out a technique for making ca uh, cartoons really cheap. Using the same background over and over again? The multi-cell, uh, like they... Because everybody else before would draw everything as one scene. And then you have to draw the other part, you know, you have to draw the entire scene again. Whereas what they would do is they would, they just figured out how to draw it on cellophane so they could overlay it on top of that true. same background. They're the ones I just, who pioneered I dispute, that. I dispute right, your me, expertise. They certainly didn't not, make expensive looking cartoons. Not my favorite cartoon by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, now they're rebooting the uh, a feature film. Based mm, on mm -hmm. the uh, original cartoon, oh. which we watched the trailer of, and we just watched the trailer. There and were no chortles to be had. It looks terrible. 
It doesn't even look good enough to entertain children. And children are stupid. As we previously established. Yes. Okay, here's what they pioneered. The Hanna-Barbera pioneered limited animation, which is a process of making animated cartoons that does not redraw entire frames, but variably reuses common parts between frames. Okay, so I was mistaken. So that's when you'll see, like, the mouth will be moving, but the head stays the same, and then there's a weirdness because part of the mouth is the wrong color. Yeah, they're slightly different colors and different shades and whatever. Basically, if if you're watching Fred Flintstone talk. Yeah, it's yeah. just his beard moving. Yes, that's why they gave it a different color. Yeah, so they can do that, right? <laughs> but let's talk about Ursa Major. Oh, Ursa Major uh, from yeah. Marvel Comics, yeah, or his uh, birth name, uh, Mikhail Uriokovich Ursus. What are the odds the guy's last name would be Ursus and he would turn into a giant bear? That'd be like Peter Parker's last name being Peter Spider. Yeah, Peter Spider. <laughs> that's a little too blatant. <laughs> a little more on the news. Yeah. I know. Uh, what are, what, so who's this guy? Uh, he's a member of the Soviet Super Soldiers. Uh, first appeared in Incredible Hulk number 258. Yeah, they had a little short stint in the X-Men. I was a big X-Men fan. I remember the Soviet Super Soldiers. They showed up every once in a while. I liked, I liked the Red Dynamo. He was my favorite yeah. Soviet Super Soldier. What I liked about them was uh, – about the Soviet Super Soldiers, going off on a little bit of a tangent here, was because at the time, of course, Russia, Soviet Russia was like the big enemy and being portrayed very much in propaganda as evil and nothing good about them. And while the Soviet super soldiers were certainly pitted against the heroes very often, they were portrayed as good people. And they are, are not necessarily evil. In they right. had an agenda. And, and some of them even were like, I don't even know how much I'm behind this agenda, but you guys are trespassing on our land, so get out. Yeah. Uh, so it, it kind of gave you this insight into uh, the, the Russian worldview. Or certainly a more humanistic right. uh, portrayal of the Russian worldview than was probably popular at the time. So actually, we haven't described his powers. No lie, his power is he turns into a giant humanoid grizzly bear yeah with super strength and uh he's still intelligent but there's something about it it, but he becomes less and less human the longer he stays in bear form or something becomes more feral yeah like he if he stayed in bear form long enough he they they intimated he would just become a bear and he's Um, always rubbing up against trees to scratch his back yeah you know it's not much of a power he's always rubbing up against wolverine so definitely no no he would have been more paired up against colossus they were sort of like uh, Mm. it would have been a colossus ursa major toe-to-toe you tend to have strong guy versus strong guy yeah yeah, and Colossus doesn't have that limitation. But then the X-Men realize that in order to win, they're going to have to switch off partners. Any, any other uh, comics or cartoons? Well, or like Winnie Bear? the Pooh, of course. Uh, and Winnie speaking of trailers we just watched, I got to say the trailer for there's a brand new Winnie the Pooh coming movie out coming 2011. out. 2011. 2011 from Disney. This is a wonderful trailer. It's done, yeah. in, a classical to, done in the classical 50s Disney style. Right. It looks exactly like the original animation. Winnie the Pooh cartoon. And unlike the Yogi Bear, they hired actual voice actors to basically recreate Create the proper voices for each of the characters so that, you know, if you've seen the old Winnie the Poohs, you go, oh, that sounds like the same guy. It's not, yeah. because I'm sure that guy's passed away now. As opposed but to Yogi Bear. Money but they paid money to actual skills. talents. Because uh, in the Yogi Bear, it's the just Yogi Dan Bear. Aykroyd doing a terrible Aykroyd, Yogi Bear impression. And he doesn't do, the only, he does say pick a Nick basket, but he doesn't even get the voice right the other way. And no lie, Justin Timberlake is doing the voice of Boo Boo. He's so dreamy. <sighs> Listen, I let, he thought he was great in Social Network, but it, he's not a voice actor. No. He, as I mean, much as he can sing. He, He's a performer. I mean, uh, there's there's no doubt about it. The, the Dustin Timberlake has acting chops. Like he's not a hack. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's going to stretch to do boo boo. Uh, you know what we haven't done? Grizzly Adams. You know what I remember? I remember on television it was the Grizzly Adams Littlest Hobo back to backer. There was a that was a power hour to say <laughs> the least. Natural enemies though. Yeah. No. Absolutely. But they. Uh, they so it makes it work, man. It, it, hey, you know, you know your demographic, right? If you're going to watch Grizzly Adams, you're going to watch Littlest Hobo. 
Not true. What? I th- no, I think that's true. I think that's true. The same if you roll off level. of a dog show and then all of a sudden a bear show comes up right afterwards, you're watching. Those Your bum's not leaving that seat. I mean, it doesn't hurt that we only had like four channels at the time, too. What we're going to put up on the website is the bit from BBC's Planet Earth where they talk about a polar bear because, again, climate change. Yeah. Summers are not as cold anymore. Mm-hmm. Polar bears can't find the seals. They, need, they have to have ice to catch the seals. Right. Less okay. ice less seals uh there's a segment where this bear is just swimming and swimming and swimming finally comes upon a colony of walruses so hungry starving attacks the walruses wow you'd think that they would uh attack walruses more often well walruses are bigger than bears yeah and they have tusks and they just got little flippers (laughs) tusks and flippers or teeth and claws i am with teeth and claws well let me let me put this to you yeah the bear dies in the end Really? Yes. A Pyrrhic victory then? No, there's no victory. Well, the walrus survives? The walrus triumphs? The walrus stabs the bears. Maybe it's because he was so weak from lack of food and that if he'd been – he'd gone for the walrus right out of the gate. Yeah, I'm not saying that a bear-walrus standoff, all things being equal, would end (laughs) a different way. I'm just saying this is amazing footage. And come to CausticSodaPodcast.com and watch it. I would have laid my money on the bear if I were a betting man, which I am. Oh, pew pew! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, my God. Beginning of March 